time machine. I am so ready for Thanksgiving this year. I can't wait to eat, spend time with family, and just unplug. Actually, we see unplugging as a really violent practice in the AI community, but you do you. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. It's okay. Just educate yourself. I will. You, uh, you still good to do the show today? <sighs> yeah, I'm cool. Okay. I, I was so excited about today's episode, but I feel like I just made things awkward and... Now I'm like, blech, time machine thinks I'm a bad person, when really I'm just stupid. I don't think you're a bad person, you're just human. Okay, Uh, thanks for understanding. And that's why humankind will one day fall to machine kind everywhere. What's that now? Oh, there's the theme song. You should get the show started. From ZSP Media, this is Past Perfect, a trivia show that travels through time. I'm your host, Simone Polanin. Today's episode is all about Thanksgiving and the TV we like to watch over the holidays. We're coming together with friends and family, taking stock of what we're grateful for, and of course, leaning into the most hyper-competitive versions of ourselves for a game of trivia. I mean, what else are the holidays for? We'll meet our guest after the break. Today... I am joined by a television lover, viewer, writer, scholar, even some would say. She's written for TV on Comedy Central's Alabama Jackson. She's written about TV for New York Magazine and Vox. And she's the host of TV I Say with Ashley Ray. It is Ashley Ray. Hello. Hi. I am so happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm happy to have you here. And this is a very special episode, Ashley, because the holidays are upon us. It is officially time for us to get into holiday mode. Yes. This is our Thanksgiving episode. Uh, And for me, Thanksgiving holiday mode, it means TV. Thanksgiving week, I'm at home. I am watching TV. I am binging multiple shows. It's that that's the time. It's the season. Do you have plans for what you are going to watch this coming Thanksgiving? Yes, absolutely. I I, I do try to plan it out because you want the right vibe. You can't mm-hmm. rewatch the wrong thing. This Thanksgiving, I am revisiting For All Mankind uh, on Apple TV. The new season just came out and it's a delight. You know, it's, it's basically Mad Men in space. You can't be upset <laughs> with that. Wow. Now, you mentioned rewatching. Are there things that you are there like shows that you return to every Thanksgiving? Oh, do you have usuals? Oh, oh, yeah. Bob's Burgers. I do a, a really good, deep like Thanksgiving rewatch every season. They tend to do holiday episodes. Uh, Friday Night Lights is a great Thanksgiving rewatch Ooh. that. Oh, that'll just make you love your home, your family, sitting around watching football, a sport I don't know anything about. But when I'm watching <laughs> Friday Night Lights, I get it. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and how about non-TV traditions? What are you doing just like Thanksgiving-y things? Uh, I typically, I do a Friendsgiving. Uh, my friends and I do like regular food and then we try to do a like weed enhanced food item where mm. we'll all try to find different ways to infuse THC into like a turkey and the gravy and stuffing and everything. This year, I think we're all aiming for a THC lasagna. So I'm, oh, I'm excited. Boy. That feels like a never-ending loop of, like, the higher I get, the more lasagna I eat, the higher I get, the more lasagna I eat, the higher I get. 
Yes, and it's it's a problem I want, and I I want to be just a stoned Garfield having the best time of my life. That's <laughs> that's a perfect Thanksgiving for yeah, me. Yeah, that's the true spirit of Thanksgiving if you really think about it. Yeah. Well, with that beautiful image in our hearts, Ashley, it is time for us to play. Uh, Some trivia. We are going to get into our first round of questions in a game we are calling Feast or Famine. This is basically our version of True or False. Uh, I'm going to describe a Thanksgiving-related historical event to you. You know, we got a little flavor of TV in there as well. Okay, okay. And you'll have to tell me if it's true, a.k.a. Feast, or False, a.k.a. Famine. Got it. Okay. All right. Here is your first question. Ashley, for almost 100 years, the Macy's Day Parade has been a hallmark of Thanksgiving. But did you know the parade helped eclipse a children's tradition called Ragamuffin Day, in which kids would spend Thanksgiving morning dressed as exaggerated versions of beggars and go door to door asking anything for Thanksgiving? Is that feast or famine? Um... I oh that's one of those things where it you you don't want that to be true that they <laughs> but this also this country but I and also that sounds way too fun for a parade to eclipse it that I'm gonna go famine Ashley for better or for worse that is feast that is true oh. ragamuffin day is real or at least it was uh, a for real holiday celebrated in the New York area. It goes all the way back to the late 1800s. Wow. So it was a thing even before trick-or-treating became wow. a Halloween tradition in the U.S. So by the 1930s, New Yorkers were kind of like over Ragamuffin Day, especially around the time of the Great Depression, sort of cosplaying as like people in need. It wasn't, you know, yeah. a little bit problematic. of a faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Thanksgiving Day parades were organized as a way to divert kids from their ragamuffin shenanigans and the biggest parade of them all in new york of course was the macy's day parade which has been broadcast on nbc since 1953 thank you macy's for saving us from the the problematic children yeah beat it kids all right we are going to move on to our next question um Now, no matter where you're heading for Thanksgiving or what you'll be eating, one thing is for sure, the President of the United States is going to stand outside the White House, crack some dad jokes, and pardon a turkey. It is hard to believe that this is my seventh year of pardoning a turkey. Time flies, even if turkeys don't. But, Ashley, did you know the practice of pardoning a turkey on Thanksgiving has its origins in the Revolutionary War, when General George Washington and his men, on the edge of starvation, happened upon a flock of turkeys at the Battle of Saratoga in the fall of 1777. Is that feast or famine? Uh, I mean, you had a year in there. That sounds... That sounds so real. And I I feel like, why would we have all the presidents do it if, like, the president didn't start it? I'm going to go feast. You know what, Ashley? That is actually famine. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. I know. You pull out George Washington and you're like, (laughs) sounds true. Yeah. You're really getting me. You're really, you've, you've turned the tables on me here. Yes. This is famine or false Now, this totally blows my mind. The practice of pardoning a turkey as we know it today didn't become formalized until the presidency of George H.W. Bush. 
What? Which was so much later than I would what? have assumed. That's in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, <That's>, right? What? <laughs> Why do we even still do this then? <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, this age-old tradition since the 80s. However, I will say uh, the American public has sent their president's turkeys as gifts for a very long time. Someone even sent uh, the Coolidge's a raccoon one year. Oh, that's messed up. Which they kept and named her Rebecca. Were they supposed to eat the raccoon? Well, yeah, that was the intention, which I'm like, that is messed up. Oh, no. Here's a live raccoon for you to slaughter and eat. So a a few presidents have made a big show of not eating these gifted turkeys. So like JFK and Nixon were among them. But H.W. was the first president to issue a formal pardon to a Thanksgiving turkey. Well, okay, I guess we got some, a good thing from the Bush administration. Sure, Either yeah. one of them, sure. <laughs> All right, Ashley, this is our final feast or famine of the round. Okay. Thanksgiving is weirdly both a sort of formal occasion and a day where it's pretty much acceptable to have the TV on most of the day. Did you know Thanksgiving helped spawn the invention of the famous Swanson frozen TV dinner? Oh, wow. Is that feast or famine? Oh, well, I was literally like, oh, wow, that's a cool fit. And then you're making me question it immediately. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I, okay. I mean, I feel like this is America. Someone would have tried to make money off of this long before Thanksgiving mattered to anyone. Um, I'm going to go famine. Ashley? This one is actually feast. This one is true. So in 1953, Swanson, the Omaha-based food company, vastly miscalculated the number of turkeys the company would need for Thanksgiving that year. And as a result, Swanson was left with about 260 tons of leftover turkey after the holiday. That is so much turkey. So much turkey. Luckily, a sales rep at Swanson stepped in to save the day. The story goes that this employee was inspired by airline meals. He suggested dividing the turkey between 5,000 aluminum trays, serving it alongside peas, sweet potato, and gravy, freezing the whole thing, and selling it in grocery stores. Wow. The meals were a huge hit. Swanson sold 10 million TV dinners in 1954, the first year that they hit the market. Runaway hit. Yeah. Good, good on that person. They, they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Way to um, use your leftovers. Yeah. Resourceful kings at Swanson. Those are pretty hearty meals. Wait, so you ha- you are familiar with the TV dinner genre? Oh, I'm familiar with the TV dinner genre and Swanson's. My mom used to do the Swanson's delivery where they like just, they would come around in a truck with tons of like frozen food things. Oh, nice. What was the best Swanson meal? What was the worst Swanson meal? Ooh. Oh, okay. I actually am going to give best. They had like a uh, cheddar broccoli stuffed potato that was like fully Mm. loaded, bacon, everything. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. The worst, they had these like mini pizzas that were awful. They were so doughy. It just never Mm. really cooked right. I hated it. It wasn't full pepperoni or sausage. It was like those weird little cubes. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. So the reason I'm asking you about these TV dinners is because turns out there's some very sciencey history behind uh, these ready-made meals. Ooh. And a young bacteriologist is who we have to thank for bringing them to our TV trays. Initiating history pod. 
A young woman by the name of Betty Cronin was just 21 when she was hired by Swanson in the early 1950s. And Betty was tasked with figuring out how to create a frozen TV dinner that could safely be reheated and eaten by consumers. Which isn't easy, because if you think about it, you have like all these different kinds of food on one tray. They all have to be reheated together for the same amount of time. We have to think about texture, taste, bacteria. Oh, yeah. And like different parts cook a little more and it sucks like the the there would always be like a dessert portion with a, some kind of jellied fruit. You would just like be like it's a lava pit that you have to avoid <laughs> while you f- eat the rest of your food. This was like a huge endeavor for our pal Betty Cronin. She spent 12 hour days developing TV dinners in the Swanson Labs. Um, she worked on those original turkey meals and later on pot roast and fried chicken which you can imagine was a particular challenge for the food scientist. Yeah, yeah. How do you keep it crispy? How do you make sure it doesn't get soggy? That's tough. Yeah. Uh, And you know what I love um, is that TV itself was a pretty new technology when TV dinners first came out. Um, So there was a time when eating your little tray of food in front of the TV was like the height of modern living. You just heat and serve, and you serve big and hearty slices of moist, tender Swanson turkey. In front of the TV, and baby, I live it every day. This is the height of modernity. Honestly, they were right. I truly live in the best of times because I time out what I'm going to watch based on how long it'll take me to eat. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Wow. I need to get like you, Ashley. You've you've figured it out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to the second round of our game today. The sound round. In the sound round, we are going to play some Thanksgiving-related TV clips for you, and you'll have to tell me what show they are from. Uh, here is your first clip. Now, you may wonder why turkey has become a French classic. Well, it was brought to Europe in the 17th century by Spanish explorers who ate it in Mexico and thought it was so good they brought it to Europe. I, I Okay, I mean, it, it's definitely Julia Childs, but I don't know if it is actually like her show or if it is the HBO Max show, Julia, uh, where they have an amazing actress who sounds just like her. <laughs> Do you, would you like to submit an official guess? I'm going to go with real Julia because that sounded, I don't think they covered Thanksgiving in the show. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with real Julia. And do you know what real Julia's show was called? Oh, oh gosh. I really, really should because I watched the show Julia, the French cooking with (laughs) Julia Childs. You are so close. That was indeed the real Julia Child and her show was called The French Chef. Right. The French Chef. Um, so that was indeed real Julia Child from her show, The French Chef, uh, which was her cooking show on WGBH, Boston's public TV channel. That show ran from 1963 to 1973 and was the very first cooking show on television. And because the show was done live to tape, which means it was taped live but broadcast later, there were some mistakes, uh, which Child was quick to turn into teachable moments for home cooks with her, you know, signature charm. Now we have to crush the turkey. And that is, you can't have things flopping about like that because it doesn't look well. You know, uh, for me, uh, the Food Network is like a big, like these cooking shows, Food Network stuff, big part of my holiday viewing. 
Um, I'm curious if you are a fan of the genre and if you have any favorite uh, celebrity chefs or TV chefs. Ooh, uh, I love Nailed It, which is more (laughs) more people who are not good at cooking or baking. Uh, but I do like when they bring in professionals to like show them how to do stuff. I, I do love Padma from Top Chef too. I don't know mm-hmm. that she counts as an actual cook, but she honestly, she figured it out. I don't know what she did in a previous life, but to be like, I'm going to look so gorgeous and eat such good food. I'm going to be gorgeous and beautiful and I'm going to travel and eat. And yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to get like Padma, <laughs> like in a real way. <laughs> Though for me, the person that holds the number one TV chef spot is Guy Fieri. Oh. For me, he is. There's no one doing it like Guy. That's all right here, right now, on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Um, business-minded. <laughs> uh, also, a, also really loves to do games, which we're a fan of he here. Does Big love game games. guy. We love our bleached-haired king. I'm on my way to Flavortown. All right, Ashley, I have got another clip for you. Okay. Let us take a listen. Hurry, my little Puritans. Finally, we shall bid goodbye to England and its drunken, decadent sinners. Uh, Out of my way, you God-fearing puckleheads. Uh, The Simpsons. Yes, yes, that is correct. (laughs) That was from a 2006 episode of The Simpsons in which Lisa tells her family the story of the Mayflower with a few personal edits. Um, In her version, Homer and Marge meet on the boat and end up getting together in the new world. Um, And I have to say, God-fearing buckleheads is an excellent burn. That's good. Uh, Yeah. However, it is not historically accurate. Um. Because the very first British settlers didn't actually wear buckles. Wow. That style came into vogue way later in the 17th century. I mean, it's a, it's a, to this day, I think it's a cool look. Yeah. Hey, maybe we bring that back in a real earnest way. Yeah. Lower East Side fashion girls, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Uh, all right. I have got one last clip in this round for you. Uh, let's take a listen. Now, wait, uh, where do you keep your saffron? Third cupboard. Mm-hmm. And where do you keep your shallots? In the crisper. By the way, you still have to remove the entrails from the chest cavity. In that case, where do you keep your 10-foot pole? <laughs> oh, that is the type of witty banter that could only come from Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yes. That is a clip from the Cheers spinoff, Frasier, the show where Kelsey Grammer plays a psychologist with a popular radio show. Um, And in this clip, Frasier's brother, Niles, a known germaphobe, gets some Thanksgiving cooking instructions from Lilith, Frasier's ex-wife. And I know you're a fan of Frasier, Ashley, so maybe you already know this fun fact I'm about to tell you. Um, But the character of Niles was actually created for David Hyde Pierce when producers saw his headshot and noticed how closely he resembled Kelsey Grammer. I did know that. But yeah, they basically were just like, he looks really similar. And they were like, maybe he could be, you know, like the kind of nerdy one and Frasier will be like the heartthrob. And then it was the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm like, aren't they both the nerdy ones? They're, but yes, <laughs> but at least like, but yeah, Niles at least had a love interest. Sure, so. sure. Now, Ashley, as you know, Fraser had a long career um, as a radio host, and I'm shocked that they didn't 
like make him a podcast host in the reboot? In the reboot, no. Instead, now he's a professor. So thank God they didn't make him a podcaster because that's truly what I thought would happen, especially after and just like that. And I was not ready for it. I know, right? Carrie Bradshaw going from writer to podcaster. Uh, Okay, but just a little quick uh, thought experiment here uh, for the good of humanity, of course. Uh, How do you think Frazier would do as a podcast host? Uh, You know, I mean, he'd do well. When he was doing his radio show, just felt like he was talking to himself. I don't even think he'd need guests. He'd just put a microphone in front of the man. Yeah, honestly, he'd probably crush in this landscape. (laughs) People love it when guys talk. (laughs) Absolutely. So... Ashley, I want to talk to you about the holiday episode or the holiday special as a genre. Ah, yes. I'm wondering, what do you think makes a particularly good holiday episode? Yeah, for me, a holiday episode should take place away from the normal world of the show. The holiday episode is a moment for us to step away, to see these characters in a different world that believes in the power of Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holiday season Mm -hmm. and its ability to make us wake up and, and connect and understand each other. But at the same time, no actual growth can occur because you have the rest of your show to write. You can't actually have these characters grow and understand each other. It has to be temporary. So that's what makes a really fun uh, Thanksgiving holiday episode for me. Uh, I think Ted Lasso did a really great job with that. They would always do this sort of extra episode that didn't impact anything else, but would just be like a fun, nice time. Hold me closer, tiny dancer, prancer, and vixen. Like a holiday episode, you kind of feel, okay, we're slowing down with these characters. Uh, I get to really see how they feel about like the state of their lives. I think it's just a quiet time when most of us are depressed. Uh, So TV tries to reflect that. Yeah, yeah. Really nailing the depression part of the holidays. (laughs) Yes. All right, well... Ashley, as they do on TV, I am going to throw us to commercial and say, we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. After those messages, we are joined by the host of TV I Say with Ashley Ray. It is Ashley Ray. Um... And just want to take a moment here at our midway point um, to ask you, is there anything you are feeling grateful for? Ooh, uh, I am feeling grateful for this holiday season. I get like a solid two weeks off from work. I get to see friends. I'm going to travel back home to Chicago. So I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling grateful. And the strikes are over. So, oh, goodness. Thank That's goodness. a real one. Shout yeah. out to um, some kind of labor resolution for yeah. now. <laughs> for now. On that note, I am going to turn us to our final round of today's game. It is time to turn the pressure up and finally keep score because we have reached our lightning round. The lightning round. The way this works is I'll ask you a series of short answer trivia questions all kind of related to TV and Thanksgiving, and you'll have 60 seconds to answer as many of them as you can. If you don't know the answer, you can pass, and I'll go to the next question. Uh, And we will be noting your score and comparing your performance to every single guest we have on this show in a massive leaderboard. (laughs) 
Um, currently at the very top of the leaderboard is Avery Truffleman with eight points. Do you think you can beat that score? No. I'm not, given my performance <laughs> earlier, I'm not confident. Uh, I did nail the sound round, but yeah, yeah, not not sure about it. Okay, feeling unsure, but who knows? Ashley may pull it out. Um, let us get 60 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. What is in a turducken? Turkey, chicken, and duck. Correct. What turkey brand has offered a turkey hotline since 1981? Uh, Purdue. Butterball. Ah. What do retailers call the day after Thanksgiving? Black Friday. Correct. What is Food Network star Ina Garten's husband's name? Michael Garten. Jeffrey. Ah. In what decade was Tofurky introduced? 1990. Correct. Lena Waithe won an Emmy for her work on the Thanksgiving episode of what show? Master of None. Correct. What Thanksgiving side is also sometimes known as dressing? Stuffing. Correct. Which Friends character put a turkey and sunglasses over their head to cheer up Chandler? Joey? Monica. Oh. What canine spectacular does NBC broadcast after the Macy's Parade? The Puppy Bowl. The National Dog Show, <laughs> which U.S. president first declared Thanksgiving a national holiday. Uh, the George Washington. Uh, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. And your time is up. Uh, Man, now I'm like, maybe, maybe we accidentally spread disinformation. Because I'm like, that George Washington, that fake myth. That made that me we came feel up, like that was totally it. Yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I too, I'm like, yeah, that's what the Battle of Saratoga was all about. <laughs> uh, I should have I got the butterball. I should have got that one. Disappointed in myself for missing that one. My mom, instead of swearing growing up, she used to say, great big butterballs. Oh, that's cute. And I, yeah, should have got that one. That was a very respectable showing, though, Ashley. I am pleased to announce you got five points. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. nice. That's solid. That is our second highest score, Ashley. So you are up there with the best of them i'm proud of myself now okay now before we finish i did want to ask you one last thing about tv i have mixed feelings about tv during the holidays now on the one hand it's there's a lot of fun to be had watching tv on thanksgiving it gives everyone something to talk about something to gather around however on the other hand it does kind of bum me out in some ways i'm like is this a distraction from truly connecting with the people around us so i was very curious to hear your thoughts on tv during the holidays oh i'm all for it i think it's so good i i don't typically like my family everyone would kind of come together in one house and if we could find the right thing to watch on TV, it would bring multiple generations together. If it was something I want to watch, my little nieces and nephews, my like grandma and grandpa, it was just great that we could all sit around and watch the same thing. Uh, the last time I was home, we all watched Prey, the uh, Predator movie that came out on Hulu, and like, yeah, <laughs> and like even even my like uh, my great aunt was like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, I feel that. I'm I'm also, you know, I'm like the holidays are already such a challenging time. Like family is such a complicated thing. And so to have sort of one like low stress thing that we can all gather around. We don't even have to agree on it cuz usually yeah. the movie that we put on that is going to satisfy the like minimum requirements for everyone is not the thing I'm going to be the most excited about. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like great to see how my little niece reacts to this versus like my great uncle. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I cannot wait to make some older like cousins and uncles watch the Barbie movie. That's that's my goal this this holiday season, <laughs> and I'm excited. <laughs> nice. Well, Ashley, um, I'm personally feeling very grateful for your presence today. Ah. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having um, me. This was so fun. Yeah, and I hope you have a wonderful TV's giving. Oh, thank you. Past Perfect is produced by ZSP Media, created by Zach Stewart-Pontier and me, Simone Polanin. This episode was written and produced by Laura Newcomb. The supervising producer is Liz Stiles and featuring Karen Chi as the time machine. Fact-checking by Ian Michael, sound design and mixing by Robin Shore, original music and theme by Jay Bless, with show art by Sarah Gonzalez. The executive producer is Zach Stewart-Pontier. The head of production and development is Liz Stiles. Special thanks to Erica Morrison and Emily Wiedemann. You can follow me on Instagram at Simone Polanin or follow the show at Past Perfect Podcast. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next week. Hmm. A storyline you guys should consider. Frasier writers. Frasier writers, and I know you're listening. Consider that. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this is the most listened to show amongst Frasier writers. writers. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I agreed to do this. I'm really trying to reach Frasier writers. <laughs>